Welcome to the Valley Advocate Podcast, featuring interviews that take us deeper into the people and happenings on the local scene. For more podcasts and a closer look at what's going on in the Valley, visit us at valleyadvocate.com. Hello and welcome to the Valley Advocate Podcast. My name is Dave Eisenstatter. I'm the editor of the Valley Advocate. I'm here this week with Chris Cadreau. You wrote, free recycling in Western Mass is about to end. What people are doing about it at the local and state level. Welcome, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Dave. Um, well, this was a topic that I was really excited, and I think you were excited about too, just to, um, to learn more about, um, seeing as how uh, just a few years ago, China, which had accepted so much of, the, um, of our national recycling, had essentially put the kibosh on almost all of that. Maybe you could talk about um, like what you know what had been happening and, and what's changed there. Yeah, um, um, uh, before I uh, started uh, doing research and interviews for the story, I, I didn't know much about recycling other than you know uh, my own recycling at home um, and just you know the little bit of tidbits that, that people just normally get. Um, but um, one thing I learned um, uh, that's unique in Western Massachusetts is. Uh, there's a contract with many different uh, municipalities throughout the the region uh, with the Springfield Materials Recycling Facility in uh, uh, Springfield, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, it was basically, you know, uh, uh, it was basically keeping the the um, the community shielded from uh, a lot of the financial impact of kind of that fallout with uh, China. Basically, China instituted a stricter purity standards for the recycling uh, about three years ago, which pretty much makes it impossible for a lot of, you know, recycling uh, in the United States to be shipped to China because it's a something like a 0.5% contamination rate. And uh, contamina- uh, contamination rate is like how many like non-recyclable materials are included in the recyclable. So that that's what accounts for that. And typically in the United States, it's 10 to 15%. So not even really in the ballpark of 0.5%. No, no. And, and, and luckily in, in Springfield, at the Springfield uh, MRF, um, theirs is a lot lower. Um, I believe it's something um, like... About uh, like 3%. Yeah, 3%. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's exactly uh, in the ballpark with what what theirs is so a, a lot better but still not meeting china's you know standards and um you know a lot of the uh the trade with the recycling industry uh, took place with china and um basically um you know it, it caused the whole industry to just like get hit hard financially um, revenues uh, for waste management, which uh, does all, all the work at the Springfield MRF, they contract with the state. Um, their revenue was off by sixty to seven seventy percent over the past couple of years. What's been what was interesting to learn for me is that that Western Massachusetts communities have not felt that at all um, yet. That's been mostly absorbed by uh, waste management, which is a co co partnership. With the um, the Springfield Materials Recycling Facility, MRF, MRF, um, uh, but come July first, that's all going to change. Yeah, and, and the the reason why is that this contract is is uh, depending on uh, the community three to five years old. So uh, the contract we have currently 
um, uh, basically is it was was created when the market was stable and thriving, and now here we are in a completely different market with recycling, and things are going to change, and it, that that basically means um, communities are are going to have to start paying for for to get rid of their recycling, you know. Um, that's on the that's on the community level. So yeah. so municipalities are are probably going to be spending a lot. Well, they weren't spending any money. Now they're probably going to spend some. Um, you talked to at least a couple of people, just about individuals about recycling. One of them was Dara Herman Zierlein, who we've had on this podcast before. Um, she is someone who tries not to really throw out any plastic at all. Can you talk about your conversation with her? Yeah, um, she um, uh, she thought this might actually spur people to take a closer look at the waste they produce and kind of find new sol- uh, solutions to um, you know eliminate waste and kind of not bring that waste in or just not like use plastic for uh, less pla- use less plastic for instance. And, um, you know, she said, you know, those plastic containers add up. And, you know, I think that's that's part of the solution. Um, certainly um, not the whole solution because, you know, a lot of this these materials get manufactured on a mass scale. And it so. is astonishing how little of plastic in particular gets recycled. You, you cited something from the National Geographic magazine that uh, – over 90% of plastic that's been made has not been recycled. Only 9% of it has been recycled. Yeah, and, and this is over decades. Um, the, the National Geographic article that I cited uh, uh, stated that it's uh, over the past 60 years, there's been 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic around the world. So uh, that's, that's waste that will not decompose. Um, that's just, you know, sitting there and... Um, you know, it's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were inside the Springfield Murph. Um, you took a tour and you spoke to a couple of the people who are associated with it. Arlene Miller, the vice chair of the Springfield Murph advisory board and Michael Moore is the plant manager for the facility. Tell, tell, tell us about what it was like to be inside. What, what you saw. Well, it was, it was, uh, just a really interesting experience personally, um, as, uh, being the writer of the story, just to see like the actual physical tonnage of all this recycling, uh, whether it was, uh, com- compiled and compressed into these, uh, bales and, and, you know, all the machinery and the work that went into just sorting all this recycling and, you know, the actual process, because I, I feel like sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind when you put your garbage or recycling out, um, where you just put it, uh, uh, put it in the bin and then put it outside and you don't really think about where it goes and what happens to it after that, uh, that, but you know, uh, all that material does have kind of a, a life stream after you, you put it on the curbside and uh, to see, you know, people sorting through plastic and having these sort of like small mountains of like like recyclable materials in the in the inside of one of the buildings was um, just a, a really unique experience to be able to see that. The Murph is one of the or the only dual stream recycling facility as opposed to single stream 
recycling that happens in most of the rest of the state. Uh, tell us about the difference between the two. Well, single stream is all the recyclables in one container, and that's typically, you know, creates a higher contamination rate because you have your plastics with your papers, with your glass, with your metals and aluminum. Um, uh, dual stream is paper is separated from plastic and uh, glass and uh, aluminum. So it, it's it's easier for um, uh, the uh, like Springfield Murph, for instance, to, to sort these materials because you already have the paper um, not being contaminated with the other materials, and it's just easier to recycle, and you have a less of the contamination rate. I mean, that's why Springfield Murph has a lower contamination rate because they're dual stream, and they're actually the only dual stream facility in the state. Yeah, which is kind of horrifying that we have less than uh, that. That's the only one, you know. You look at these single stream containers. I mean, I, I've been, in, I've lived in places where. I've done single stream and where I've done dual stream and you, it's kind of hard to even fathom how they get good stuff out of the single stream. Cause you're, you're throwing in, uh, your, your paper with, uh, you know, containers like, like your, your cans and your bottles, the paper's getting soaked. And, you know, I just, I don't even, it's, it's strange that that's, uh, the way that we're going. Um, but, uh, one aspect of these new deals is that it's, slightly more expensive, right, for communities to go single stream than yes, it would be it to is. go dual stream. Um, yeah, the, the new contract, um, I think the, the first year for single stream, it's $148. Uh, oh, sorry, it's uh, $145 per ton during the first year um, for single stream. And then for dual stream, it's $93.50 per ton. Per uh, uh, during the first year, so but that's up from what had been zero. Yeah, it'd been zero, and and communities would would sometimes get money back, um, depending on the on the market and like, like just with the recycling they bring in. Um, but I mean that that these num- like like these numbers look scary, like the ninety dollars per ton or a hundred dollars per ton, but it, it's offset by. Um, revenue that the Springfield Murph makes later on. So it, it might the like the $100,000 that a community might be paying might end up being a li- like they might get that offset at the end mm. of the year or or whenever they they do that that period of uh you know checking to see what the revenue is, but um for certain um they they're going to have to pay the communities are going to have to pay for their recycling tonnage. So some communities, maybe all of them, but at least most of them have until the end of the month, the 28th, to um, decide to uh, buy into this. And you spoke to uh, a few mayors um, of some local municipalities about what their thought process is about whether they're going to sign on. Yeah, and um, just to clarify, this is uh, just for dual stream, um, uh, single stream. Uh, the, the deadline has already passed. That was uh, last month. But um, uh, basically, the two people uh, who I spoke to were uh, Mayor Alex Morse in Holyoke and uh, Mayor David Narkowitz of Northampton. And um, uh, with Holyoke, um, they're looking at alternatives uh, to signing the dual stream Springfield Murph contract, 
And that involves, you know, contracting with potential, potentially other other uh, organizations, businesses to uh, haul away their recycling, um, whether that's paper or plastic, et cetera. And they'll probably have, like if they do choo- choose that route, it would be different companies for different um, things, like one for, say, plastic and, you know, uh, glass and another for paper. Um, in Northampton, uh, they explored the idea of, uh, you know, not signing the contract and found that it wasn't feasible financially uh, for them. And uh, David Narkowitz said uh, most likely they will be signing the contract. And they're looking at something less than 100000 per year, according to Narkowitz. Yes, le- uh, probably a little less than $100,000 per year. With that contract. Yes. Um, so you also talked to... The mayor of Agawam, William Sapelli, they're on a um, single stream, and they, and they so they've already signed on with uh, with the con- with the contract, and and uh, they're thinking that they're going to be paying more than a hundred thousand. Yeah, they're they're expecting more than a hundred thousand dollars for the recycling. I mean, um, they're a pretty big community in Hamden, Hamden County. I mean, uh, there's Agawam and Feeding Hills. That's all. That's all one community. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are wondering, like, how are they going to pay for, for this when, you know, uh, budget shortfalls are uh, a reality in many communities. And um, when I spoke to uh, Mayor Sapelli and Agawam, I asked him about, you know, taxes. That's the obvious question. And uh, right now his answer is no, like taxes won't increase. And for a lot of uh, different um, city and t- uh, leaders, uh, basically that was the same answer. They're looking to, to find money in the budget for this. And uh, for some, it's uh, like in Northampton, it's set up through an enterprise fund. So f- fees would likely in- increase for that, uh, for that service. And then um, with, with Holyoke, um, you know, it's probably a matter of looking in the budget for that. I found it interesting and kind of a little heartening that uh, the leaders that you spoke with are not really, they're not considering stopping recycling in the face of these um, fees. People are still going to do it. Um, they're just going to pay for it instead of getting it for free. Yeah, I, I think many of the, the the city leaders who I spoke with uh, think that, you know, um, recycling is just common sense. It's a part of our culture, and we should be doing this, and we have an obligation, uh, as Mayor uh, Moore said, to be recycling and to be less wasteful. Um, and, you know, th- there, there seems to be a consensus uh, among the people I spoke to ab- about continuing to recycling. And in Northampton, they want to con- uh, continue being a leader in recycling, too, so... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see that as an option uh, for them, at least from what they told me. You also earlier this month went to a meeting of the Conservation Law Foundation looking at the future of recycling in the whole state, um, recycling and how to pay for it. They were looking at a couple of um, bills in the state legislature uh, about yeah, how to pay for it and what might be recycled. Yeah, um, that meeting was um, co-hosted by Alex Morse and uh, Rep. Uh, Aaron Vega. 
and uh, in, uh, included members of the Conservation Law Foundation. And uh, one of the, the more interesting aspects of that meeting is they brought up, uh, like you said, two bills uh, moving through the state uh, legislature um, that could potentially help communities who are facing these uh, new recycling costs. Uh, one of the which uh, is it's called an act to save recycling costs in the Commonwealth. It's sponsored by State Rep. Michael Day of uh, Stoneham and uh, would require companies that manufacture consumer goods uh, and make more than $100,000 a year in sales to uh, reimburse their, their communities uh, for those recycling costs. And um, so it's not just taxpayer. So right now the model is uh, it's just taxpayers paying the the hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever um, it costs to recycle. But this bill would would have corporations that create the waste essentially pay a share as well. Yeah, and um, uh, the local mayors who I spoke to all, all seem to to be in agreement about this. Um, uh, Narkowitz and uh, Morse uh, specifically. Uh, are both in favor of this, and uh, specifically with like local companies, like in, in Holyoke, Amazon. Uh, there's an Amazon facility, and uh, Coca Cola, Coca Cola in Northampton. I asked both of them about those two, and uh, you know, uh, 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 they 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 feel that uh, the burden shouldn't be on the taxpayers when it comes to uh, these recycling costs, and you know, corporations have to pay their fair share when it comes to, uh, you know, recycling the material that they produce. And the other bill was about creating a deposit for certain containers? Yes, um, that's uh, an act to create a deposit for glass and wine and liquor bottles. Uh, and that's uh, sponsored by State Senators Patrick O'Connor from Weymouth and Joan Lovely from Salem, and it would create a uh, bottle deposit. Excuse me, a bottle deposit for glass, wine, and liquor bottles, as well as soda, water, uh, mineral water, and other malt beverages. And um, you know, certain things like wine bottles aren't recyclable right now, and this would just expand uh, our recycling in Massachusetts. Which is kind of uh, kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. It's like yeah. you know, it's a big <laughs> hunk of glass, and uh, it's not recyclable, apparently. You would think um, it would be, but... <laughs> and you spoke to a few people about how, about whether these bills might pass this year? Yeah, I, I, I spoke specifically with State Rep. Lindsay Sabadosa. From and, Northampton. And um, she's uncertain whether these would pass this year, um, but... Uh, if they got fast tracked, they might. Um, but uh, we all know uh, uh, government moves very slowly, so it's it's uh, it's not likely that they would pass this year or move forward this year. Um, and uh, municipal uh, municipalities are going to have to eat the costs of these recycling. Um, uh, basically, just the, this new recycling model this year but maybe in the future uh these bills would have an impact and, and you know change the costs to communities well chris Gaudreau, thank you very much for writing this piece and talking with me free recycling western mass is about to end what people are doing about it at the local and state level thanks again thank you dave thanks for listening and don't forget to visit us at valleyadvocate.com Thank you.